All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guys, quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. These days, most of us are wearing masks, at least in public places. But do training masks and even those personal protection masks have any fitness benefits? Well, today we're going to look at what science has to say about restricted breathing and exercise. You've probably seen those sleek and slightly intimidating, tight-fitting masks that are worn by UFC fighters and celebrity actors like Michael B. Jordan, at least in the movie Creed, and maybe even some extreme workout enthusiasts at your local gym who appear to be the exercising equivalent of the villain Bane from Batman's The Dark Knight Rises. Well, from the looks of NFL players, Ironman triathletes, BJJ champions, MMA fighters, boxers, crossfitters, and beyond, these masks, which come in a variety of colors, shapes, and sizes, are staying trendy longer than I anticipated. I got a mask back in 2013, and then a device called a power lung shortly after that. I fully expected them to disappear within a year, and not because they lacked science or had been proven ineffective, but mainly because they looked silly and they felt terrible to use. I mean, exercise is hard enough without being smothered while you do it. Training masks are just a fad, right? Well, maybe not. Now, before we get into the science, let's look at the difference between resisted breathing, restricted breathing, and hypoxia. Let's start with resisted breathing, and let's do an experiment. First, put your fist up to your mouth like you're pretending your hand is a trumpet or something. Now breathe in and out through the tiny space between your fingers and your palm. That is resisted breathing. You can think of it as weight training for your lungs. Now let's look at restricted breathing by going for a swim. Or if a swimsuit or a pool isn't handy, just imagine going for a swim. Experience what happens when you breathe every five or seven strokes instead of every one or two. That is restricted breathing, and it sends a clear message to your body that oxygen molecules are few and far between. And then there's hypoxia. Now, let's say you climb a mountain or you crawl into an altitude tent, which is a fancy tent that basically sucks some of the oxygen out of the air that you're breathing. That is hypoxic training, in which the air is truly thinner and you're pulling less oxygen into your body with each normal breath. Now let's look at some different breathing apparatuses, starting with an oxygen concentrator. Now that is a machine that pressurizes the air in a room and separates the nitrogen from the oxygen, which creates a high concentration of oxygen and a low concentration of nitrogen. Now on the other side, a hypoxic generator works the same, but in reverse. 
This machine has been modified so the exhaust or the high nitrogen gas is directed to the person using it via a tube. Both of these machines are pretty cool, but hypoxic generators and oxygen concentrators are expensive, like thousands of dollars expensive. So let's get back to those less expensive masks. Since a mask neither restricts how often you can breathe nor reduces the partial pressure of oxygen in the air you're breathing, a training mask would fall into the first category I mentioned, or resisted breathing. The idea behind using a device that encourages resisted breathing is that it may enhance your endurance and cardiovascular performance by strengthening your inspiratory and expiratory muscles, which would then increase something called your ventilatory capacity, basically your lung size. Now the problem with the masks is that even though you're wearing that scary looking training mask as you sprint on the treadmill at the gym, the air that you breathe is still approximately 21% oxygen, with the same partial oxygen pressure that's present at whatever altitude you happen to be at, and that's the same as everyone else at the gym. So basic masks simply restrict your breathing by covering up your mouth and nose and controlling your airflow with larger or smaller holes. So, while masks can certainly be effective for improving your ventilatory capacity, they don't result in the same physiological adaptations as true hypoxic or altitude training. Okay, with that out of the way, let's look at resisted breathing training research. Now, there has been quite a bit of research on respiratory muscle training, which involves inhaling through any type of device that encourages your inspiratory and expiratory muscles, your intercostal muscles, your serratus muscles, and your diaphragm to work harder. Now, the research was somewhat inconclusive until a 2013 review called Effects of Respiratory Muscle Training on Performance in Athletes, which concluded that resisted breathing training may indeed boost cardiovascular and endurance performance at sea level, particularly in sports like swimming, during which the breathing frequency is limited. But, unfortunately, the boost was small and so were the sample sizes that were used in the studies. However, a different story emerges when we turn to investigate what happens during athletic performance at altitudes, where breathing and oxygen utilization become even more crucial due to the lower amounts of oxygen in the atmosphere. Now in this scenario, you tax your breathing muscles far more intensively, and an argument could be made that the more conditioned these breathing muscles are via the use of something like those resisted breathing masks, the less prone to fatigue you and your breathing muscles might be. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. 
The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. Now, in a 2016 study called Respiratory Muscle Training and Exercise Endurance at Altitude, they tested this hypothesis. Research subjects participated in 30 minutes of resisted breathing three times per week for four weeks. Now, it's important to know that they weren't using a training mask in this study, but rather a special breathing device that allowed for something called voluntary isocapnic hyperapnea respiratory muscle training, or VIHT training. Basically, this means that the carbon dioxide levels in the study subject's blood remained relatively constant so they wouldn't become dizzy or faint. Then, the researchers tested the subject's performance at an altitude of 12,000 feet, and it turns out that following the resisted breathing training, the participants were able to last a shocking 44% longer in a cycling test to exhaustion, while a control group and a group that did a sham or placebo version of the breathing training did not improve one bit. The idea behind the improvement in the resisted breathing training group is that their respiratory muscles were able to withstand fatigue for a longer period. With less blood being shunted to the respiratory muscles, that meant more was available to the hard-working body parts like the legs. Now, interestingly, the same group of researchers performed a separate study in which they used a similar protocol to test cognitive function at altitude. Now, the problem is that cognitive processing speed and working memory can be significantly compromised during exercise in thin air, which makes perfect sense since there's less oxygen getting to your brain in the conditions where the air is thinner. Now, after four weeks of resisted breathing training, both cognitive processing speed and working memory during exercise at 12,000 feet were improved possibly due to better tolerance of carbon dioxide buildup and also possibly due to more resilience to the discomfort brought on by the thinner air. Now that better tolerance to carbon dioxide buildup brings up a final point. As highlighted in a 2013 study, when you increase the amount of carbon dioxide in front of your face, which happens when you wear um, any type of mask, you actually increase the carbon dioxide content in the air you breathe back in. Now that, in turn, can decrease the percentage of oxygen you take in per breath and thus increase your tolerance to the higher amount of carbon dioxide that tends to accumulate during difficult exercise. Pretty cool. So the fact that many of us have started wearing masks, or at least have been encouraged to do so by many of the world's leading health organizations, well, that led me to wonder if there were some similar benefits to exercising while wearing our PPEs. If you've tried to go for a run or a bike ride wearing a mask, even a homemade one, you've likely noticed how much harder you have to work to get a good breath. You've probably also noticed that you get tired sooner and your heart rate climbs faster. 
So I enlisted the help of Dr. Belisa Vranich, author of Breathe, the simple, revolutionary 14-day program to improve your mental and physical health, to answer the question of whether we get some benefit out of this inconvenience, or if we're just suffering to remain safe. Here's Dr. Vranich. Is there a benefit from wearing something like a mask that forces your inspiratory and expiratory muscles to work harder? No. There is no benefit because most people are not breathing with the correct breathing muscles to begin with. Most people um, are breathing with auxiliary muscles. So these are muscles that are not meant to be primary breathing muscles. They're neck, shoulder, and upper chest muscles. So now these muscles are being taxed even more. The vertical breath that is with auxiliary muscles is also an inefficient breath. So it doesn't bring in a lot of air and it forces you to breathe faster to get the air that you need and it also puts you more into a sympathetic state. So putting a mask on when you are a vertical breather and most people are just leads to fatigue and stress. So the solution to this is to change your breath to be a diaphragmatic horizontal breath by taking the breathing IQ. The breathing IQ is a measure of thoracic excursion and it lets you know if you are in fact using your primary breathing muscles. If you are using your diaphragm and your primary breathing muscles, then you need to strengthen them and that way when you are wearing a mask or when you're just doing an endurance sport, you'll uh, not fatigue as quickly. One of the things I talk about is how inspiratory and expiratory muscle training helps with endurance. So there's where most of the research is, which says that if you train your breathing muscles, uh, it will definitely affect your performance, especially with endurance sports. When it comes to strength training, training your breathing muscles helps tremendously because it can make for better um, intra-abdominal pressure and protect your spine. It can also help you not fatigue between sets and hence um, not get injured and really give you more awareness about how to stack your diaphragm and your pelvic floor, get that zone of opposition uh, and better protection for your spine. And then in precision sports, help you find that natural respiratory pause that makes you more precise. Then of course, there's the whole topic of recovery, resilience, and uh, inner game mental health as well. So what I learned from Dr. Vranich is that much like those scary masks that I mentioned at the very beginning of this article, we sadly aren't getting much, well, if any, fitness boost from wearing PPE masks. The resistance is just too minimal to actually act like resistance training for our lungs. But on the flip side, learning to breathe better and more effectively from books like Dr. Vranich's, which I'll link to in the show notes, will help us in both our sports performance and in our ability to be more comfortable wearing a mask in a public place. So ultimately, it appears that if you're going to be competing or exercising at sea level, the use of restricted breathing training masks may give you only a slight boost in performance. Now, if you're going to be performing at altitude, you get a far more significant positive effect in both cardiovascular and cognitive function. 
And of course, the effects aren't as pronounced as they would be if you actually used one of those hypoxic altitude training devices or slept in an altitude tent or moved to the top of a mountain to train for your event. And even though simply putting on a cloth mask isn't enough, it would appear to be enough to encourage me to use my fancy Batman villain mask or the power lung, which were both purpose-built for this job. And also, considering that we can all practice better breathing by just reading a book with no fancy gear at all, I'm going to keep following Dr. Vranich's lead. I'll do as the good doctor says and practice breathing exercises in my living room with the dual goal of being more comfortable in my PPE while also crushing it at the gym and on the race course. All right, that's it for this week, everybody. But don't forget to tune in next week when I'm going to look at those percussion massagers that kind of look like power drills and see whether they work or not. Now, what are you waiting for? Get out there and focus on your breathing.